0: Come on and tell me something. Just get it off your chest. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Greetings and thank you for listening to my awakening podcast, created to help us all become better citizens in a more diverse America. My name is Joe, and I will be your host. In 2012, when I heard about the killing of Trayvon Martin, something shifted that no longer allowed me to disregard the many social justice issues that I heard on the news. Some new relationships and extensive reading and research since then has led to creating this podcast, allowing me to share this ongoing journey with you. Since announcing this podcast, there has been several recent tragic events further highlighting the deep racial divide that still exists in our country. Until we all join the outrage for this ongoing racial injustice, real change is not likely to happen. But if we work together, we can make the major systemic changes that are needed. My wife recently reminded me that I can't fix these long-standing problems but I can help by shedding light on them. Bridging this racial divide will require all of us moving past our discomfort with talking about race and truly listening to understand what is happening around us. My initial guests will be sharing their journey as black Americans in a majority white society. Will you join with me in listening to their stories and concerns for America's future? Thank you for being with us today as we explore how to move America closer towards justice for all. In this episode number seven, my friend Philip shares some of his early experiences living in a mostly segregated community, with the exception of the desegregated schools he attended. In this brief episode, we will focus more specifically on racism being a behavior that children are not born with so much as they are taught following the lead of their parents or other adults in their lives. Philip provides us a powerful personal example from early in his life where white parents made a decision that, in part, ended a solid friend relationship between two young boys. Listen to the details that Philip provides us about this experience. As you listen, I hope you will be able to consider how our individual actions and attitudes rub off on others, particularly those children and others close to us. Thank you, Philip, for being our guest today, and welcome.
1: Oh, good afternoon. Thank you, Joe, for having us here, having me here today. And um, I can start off by saying I am um, a product of a 1950s birth, um, single mother. I lived in rural Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. There were no neighbors. Our our plot was just like a, a Garden of Eden when I look back on it. Orchards and and plenty of space to run around and hills to roll down, um, family setting. I mean, it was grandparents and my mom and us. But I mean, we were restricted. We were um, those to obey and and listen to our elders. I mean, that was just a natural for me. Um, I was I was born in a segregate, segregated environment um it was just known that you there were some things you weren't allowed to do i mean there the restaurants in the neighborhood were um whites entered the front doors blacks were served on the side door or through the back and um you just did that it wasn't like it was any um Thing different, or or it was just normal to to go there, and they were um, wonderful people that served us and that owned the in establishments. But we were served differently, and um, I can I can just remember even I'm thinking of one particular place. We would have it had facilities for ball games and recreational um, opportunities. But the blacks only did it once a month it was available to the whites 29 days a month but the saturday that the blacks got to got to go it was a real big day it was a festival it was a family reunion and um it was just blacks it it was not whites I, i rode past many other days and the same thing was happening for whites they were doing the exact same things but we didn't do it together um, outside of school uh, school for me I didn't recognize any type of um, differences my friends were either white or black and and as children that's exactly how we treated each other um, I was probably in the early parts of the um, desegregated schools I do remember my mom Attended a segregated um high school, and it was it had been fought for from what I understand to get that type of a new facility for for the for the black children and I remember my mom saying that it was about two years after they got that high school that it all went together, you know blacks and white were going to school together, so she seemed to say to me that. We got something that was still taken away. Uh, it, it ended up being a school for everyone. And um, that just those kinds of stories are things that go on. I re- witnessed as a child going on in the neighborhood, not always understanding, but I knew that there was a fight for right. There was a, um, people were actively seeking something they didn't have. Um, for me as a child then it was um, it was fun I didn't have I did have a separation in school I played with whites I played with blacks and we didn't seem to have too much of a problem with each other but once the door to the schools closed we went in different directions Um, I would go back to my home neighborhood relatives and they would do the same very seldom did we meet after that.
0: So the friends that you had at school then were not neighborhood friends in general?
1: No, they, they weren't people that um I saw outside of school. Um, one of my first examples of knowing something was different was right out of elementary. I was in seventh grade, and my best friend in the world was named Bobby, and he happened to be a white A white guy and you know i I, it was seventh grade it was the worst year of my whole academic uh, academic um, career that i didn't do great in school i i was a clown i and and bobby and i were great clowns together (laughs) (laughs) um the experience was bobby and i were such good friends i invited him over to play and because of the environment I was blessed to live in, which was adventurous. Um, He came over, we had so much fun, and um, it was time he went home, and he said, you know, I'm going to have you over to my house soon, and it was about five or six weeks later, he did invite me over, but instantly when I got to the property, I felt something different. I never got to see his parents. Um, and I was kind of expecting to be welcome there. I mean, he came out and he even seemed a little different. I mean, I, 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 I'm looking back on this now somewhat because it was a eye-opening experience. Um, half an hour into the visit, which was supposed to have been a couple, a couple of hours. He came back in and asked for my mom's phone number and, um, I gave it to him. I, and he took it in the home, and I, I get I, I, I can only guess his parents at that time saw me, <laughs> saw that I was um you know a, a black child. Um, they was welcoming, any, there was no problems of me coming there, other than it had to be the color of my skin. And um, it, you know, this my two hour or three hour adventure with Bobby at his place turned out to be only about forty five minutes because my mom showed up to pick me up
0: so his mother then had called your mom to, to say whatever she said <laughs> yes
1: okay my mom never shared that with me you know it was a quietness in the car when she picked me up i didn't know what was happening, but i could i can now just think of myself in the back seat looking at at her a, of a disappointment pointing look hmm and, and and we never, if they they had to talk on the phone, I don't think anything was discussed. I don't think they did it in a manner that was you know even
0: not friendly. But it just they didn't. Um, this is a really great example of where it doesn't matter to the kids, <laughs> not at but all, but it matters a whole lot to the adults. Yes and you and your friend bobby had made these arrangements and bobby probably never said anything about your color because it didn't matter to him nah, exactly and so it was a surprise to mom or mom and dad when he comes home and then you show up as a black kid that they weren't prepared for that and so it still wasn't a problem for bobby but mom and dad were in a whole different mindset about it
1: yeah um And there was no problem for them to have a friend over. It was just that the friend that he brought over, because he had become to my house. It wasn't a problem. Maybe they didn't know. I I guess they probably didn't know because they, they dropped him off at the driveway, which was a bit of a little walk to our house. And so by the time he got to the house, they were gone. I met him on the driveway. So we really didn't see each other. I mean, it was all about Bobby. And, um, My mom took him home after we played four or five hours, had lunch, and she did the same with him. She kind of dropped him off in his driveway, and off he went. So, the parents didn't exchange anything. My mom knew I was going to a a white place, but I I definitely know his parents didn't know they were ready to receive Bobby's friend that was black.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a really good example. Um, can you say, whether, or did you know, uh, thinking further down the road from that then, did your and Bobby's friendship continue to grow? Or-
1: it definitely was a changing point in our relationship, um, and it did start to fade away. Uh, it faded away for for two reasons. Um, it It wasn't the same for Bobby and I after that, just facing each other. It it just wasn't the same.
0: Would have been a little
1: awkward. It it was a little awkward. And, you know, he, well, well, what mainly happened that separated us was I actually moved from my nice farm setting um, that my grandparents was and my mom, who was a single parent, had the opportunity to to move into a brand new home, um, townhouse with my siblings. So I changed schools. And um, this was a much more. um, It was a black community. I moved, you know, from the place where I didn't see my neighbors and I I knew my neighbors and it was all black and white to uh, a block of townhouses that were. Out of the 50 houses, 45 were African-American families. Shell shock for me. But um, for Bobby and I. The relationship definitely went in a different direction. We saw each other. We were rival schools at this point, and um, we would see each other at at these at football games and things. And it just it just was never the same. Yeah. For us.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, you Philip.
1: Thank you, Joe.
0: Thanks to Philip for being my guest today on episode number seven. It was great to hear your powerful example of how racism is taught to children by adults. There are two important first steps you can each make in order to become part of the solution that America is crying out for. First, begin educating yourself about systemic racism and what is really going on with these long-standing racial problems. To assist you with that effort, you can go to the bottom of our website at myawakeningpodcast.com and check out our resource section. There are resources there that have greatly impacted my journey along the way. Secondly, begin earnestly seeking a true relationship with someone who does not look like you. As challenging as that may sound, I can testify that it will ultimately bring you a fuller understanding of others and great personal joy as well. If hearing Philip today was meaningful for your journey, We hope you will consider subscribing and sharing our podcast with your friends. Your input on My Awakening Podcast Facebook page is appreciated and encouraged. Head to Facebook to share your feedback and ideas for future episodes. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to sharing more thought-provoking content with you in next week's episode. Please keep listening and remember that we can make the systemic changes that are needed to heal America's racial divide and achieve justice for all.